Mirror, Mirror by Mekano, a Dragon Age fan fiction, Chapter 3. She's quiet when she's down. Strangers from other towns. Nowhere to be found. In the side of the sea. Would you like a cigarette? Meryl answered the knock on her door to see two grinning rogues on her doorstep, dark and light. Oh, hello, Isabella, she said. Hello, Hawk? Please, call me Miriam, the female Hawk said as they brushed past Meryl into the cluttered apartment. What? She doesn't get the gasped moans or screams to the maker's speech? Isabella said wryly, seating herself at Meryl's table, with her booted legs crossed at the knee. Um... Meryl blinked at Isabella, looking between her and Marion. It's lovely to see you again, but did you want something? I mean, I hope that wasn't too direct. Marion crossed her arms atop one of Meryl's shelves and leaned over them the motion tugging down the hem of her shirt alarmingly. Don't worry about being direct, she said. We came to see if you'd like to explore some caves together. Yes, deep, dark, secret caves. But we explore caves with Hawk all the time, don't we? Meryl pointed out. Not that it doesn't sound like fun, it's just... I mean, there just doesn't seem to be any need to seek them out. Plus, they tend to be full of spiders and bandits and spiders! <laughs> she shuddered. No spiders in these caves, Meryl, Marion said with a wink. Guaranteed. Isabella cleared her throat crossing her legs the other way. I was wondering if you'd like to go pearl diving with us, Meryl, she said. A wicked smirk crossed her face. Mm, I haven't been pearl diving in so long. My fanny, you haven't. It was just this morning, Marion exclaimed, mock outrage in her voice. Isabella waved this aside. Long enough! Meryl's brow creased and concerned. I don't know if you can actually do that in the waters around Kirkwall. I mean, the tides are so rough, and the shore is too rocky for clams anyway. Are you sure you wouldn't rather just stay inside today? Maybe do some crafting? She said hopefully. Venril up on the north side of the alienage does a lovely flower arranging class. We'd love for you to, 
arrange our flowers, Marion said emphatically, if you know what I mean. I don't think I do, Meryl faltered. She felt like something was definitely lacking in this conversation. Was she missing cues again? Had she forgotten to? Oh, I'm such a horrible host. Would you like some water? Tea? Something to eat? I think I still have some crackers to put cheese on. Isabella sighed and leaned forward over the table, reaching out to put her hand on Meryl's arm. Meryl, let me put it to you this way, she said. The only dish we'd like to see you serve up is a lovely helping of fresh, dalish pussy. I think that's very hurtful, Isabella, Meryl said after a shocked moment. No matter what the rumors say in Hightown, we don't eat cats. Why would you even want to? What would Anders say? Marion let out a despairing groan, straightening up to throw her hands in the air. Uh, I give up. It's hopeless, she exclaimed. She turned back towards Meryl with a sigh and a sad smile. Thanks for having us, Meryl. I guess we'll be going now. She looked so sad that Meryl couldn't hold back any longer. Um, um, wait, Meryl said, running after Marion as she started towards the door. When the rogue turned back to her, eyebrows raising, Meryl flung her arms around her neck, standing on her tiptoes to lay a kiss on her mouth. Behind her, Isabella made a sound that Meryl couldn't decipher, and she broke off the kiss, already feeling a blush crawling up her neck into her face. I'm sorry, I just... I just wanted to do that, she said apologetically. I hope you don't mind. I would have never forgiven myself if I didn't at least try. Marion stared at her, looking stupefied. Isabella stood up so fast she knocked the chair over, letting out a whoop of triumph. We have a cipher, she shouted. More showing, less telling. Meryl squeaked as Isabella's arms encircled her from behind, lifting her into the air. Marion followed behind, grinning, fit to burst as the three of them tumbled through the doorway into Meryl's narrow bedroom. The door swung shut on the sound of a giggling. All right, one down, two to go, Hawk said, once they had installed the mage Hawk back in the hanged man, where he seemed happy enough to stay. The black trail coming from the mirror and leading to him had gradually lessened in intensity the closer the copy got to the mirror, and the periodic waves of demons had also dropped off. It was a welcome breathing space, and a hopeful indication that Anders was right about how to fix this mess. We've just got to track down the other two now, Varric said. Any ideas which we should focus on first? Because splitting the party seems like a pretty poor idea, if you ask me. We could keep on chasing Isabella, Anders said hopefully. 
The idea of meeting up with Isabella and the rogue hawk was almost as appealing as the idea of not meeting up with the creepy stalker warrior hawk. She and the copy have already led us on a wild goose chase through half of Kirkwall. Then surely they must be slowing down, Anders wheedled. Hawk sighed. Not if I know Isabella, he said. All right, we last saw her trail near the blooming groves, so... Hawk! A familiar voice burst into their conversation. The three of them looked up the street to see Aveline bearing down on the hanged man, a dark scowl on her face. Oh, hi, Aveline, Hawk said, locking a smile of sheer panic onto his face. What's up with you? Nothing's up with me. Certainly nothing to do with magic mirrors and infestations of eldritch horrors. <laughs> Aveline caught up to them and gave Hawk a stern scowl. Hawk, what has gotten into you? she demanded. I have six complaints from various nobles from today alone that you were rude, aggressive, and I quote, told the Duchess Lafayette to pull up her big girl pants and learn to manage her own affairs for once in her spoiled life. Not that I haven't experienced the urge to say that to her before, but Hawk, what the fuck? Anders laughed. Varig hid a smile and Hawk choked. But Aveline wasn't finished yet. And what's this about you attacking a Templar patrol in Darktown? Anders stopped laughing mid-breath. That wasn't me, Hawk protested. Wasn't you? Aveline said incredulously. Dominic brought this report to me himself. Are you going to try and convince me that there's another warrior going by the name of Garrett Hawk running around Darktown picking fights with Templars who looks just like you? But even sexier, Anders muttered out of the side of his mouth, and Varric kicked his ankles. Uh, Hawk fidgeted. Yes? Aveline stared at him for a long, long moment, and Hawk wasn't sure whether she was going to burst out breathing flames like a dragon for lying or rip his head off for telling the truth. In the end, she just shook her head and stepped forward into his personal space, jabbing a finger into his chest. Fix it, she said. Whatever you did, take care of it now! I don't want to hear any more news about you tangling with Templars or gangs or nobles today. Not when I still have to get to the bottom of these mysterious demon attacks. She muttered under her breath, turning away and stomping back towards the stairs to Hightown. Three remaining companions looked at each other. Should we tell her? Anders offered. I'm not going to tell her. Varric, you tell her, Hawk exclaimed. Why me? Varric asked. Because you can make it sound like it's not my fault, said Hawk. Hmm, I could, Varric contemplated. But why would I want to?
I don't see why you need me for this, Anders whined as they dragged their way back into Darktown. You heard Aveline. There are Templars. You don't want me around Templars, do you? Bad for the property values. Still need someone to set shit on fire, Blondie, Varric said cheerfully, nudging Anders along with an elbow to the back that nearly knocked him down a set of stairs. Look, there's no need to get so worked up, Hawk tried to placate his new boyfriend. We're just going to your clinic to pick up his trail. There's no reason to suppose he's even still... Anders! A familiar voice shouted from the other side of the bridge. There, Hawk ended with a grumble, then sighed. Well, at least we don't have to run around after him anymore. The tall figure in bulky plate armor strode towards them, the bridge trembling under his heavy tread, his attention fixated solely on Anders. I've been looking all over Darktown for you the warrior hawk said without preamble. To give you this. He thrust out his arm. Metal clattered and squealed as he did. It took the three of them a moment to parse what they were seeing. Half a dozen Templar helmets tied together by tassels and clutched in Hawk's fist like a wilting bouquet of flowers. Hawk recoiled, and Anders' skin drained white as he carefully stepped forward and reached out a hand to accept them. What the fucking fuck? Hawk screeched. Anders carefully took the helmet garland, and his hands jumped as the unexpected lack of weight hit him. He quickly flipped one of the helmets upside down and breathed again. There's nothing inside, he reported. Oh, thank the maker, Hawk breathed. I repeat, what the fucking fuck? Of course there's not, the warrior Hawk said, sounding insulted. Do you think I'm a barbarian? Well, actually, Varric started, rubbing his chin, but Hawk ignored him. That, at least, was a trait they all had in common, he thought with a sigh. I didn't hurt them, Warrior Hawk exclaimed with injured dignity. I just kicked their teeth in, took all their clothes and armor, and made them run home to the gallows in their smalls. Anders stared at Hawk, the helmets still clutched in his hands. If you weren't a soulless abomination of magic, I would be so seriously turned on right now, he said. Warrior Hawk actually smiled, and Hawk felt it was more than time to break this party up. Right! That's it! Back to the hanged man, he yelled, and hustled them off, taking care to keep himself between Anders and the copy all the way back to Lowtown. This had been a horrible idea. Isabella and Marion leisurely perused one of the clothing stalls in the Lowtown Bazaar, looking for a replacement shirt for Isabella. Her white tunic 
was back at Merrill's, the elf having promised to do her best to get the stains out while she wore one of Merrill's in return. It was far too small for her, a situation which Marion was not in a hurry to complain about. A commotion at the stairs leading down to the docks perked both their attention, and the two rogues sidled around to the head of the stairs to witness a particular procession. Half a dozen men and women dressed in nothing but their small clothes, huddling together in tight knots as they stumbled up from Darktown towards the docks. One figure strode slightly ahead of the rest, his head held high and his posture stiff and straight-backed despite the state of his undress, the black eye and full-body blush. "'Isn't that Cullen?' Marion exclaimed, catching sight of the familiar kinked blonde hair. What in the void happened? Isabella made a thoughtful noise, then stepped away from the wall, making a beeline for the night captain. Marion made a grab for her before she'd gotten two steps. Really, Izzy? she said, somewhere between amused and exasperated. A Templar. That Templar? Look. Isabella told her, twisting out of her hold and capturing her wrist in turn, leading her down the stairs with a wink. When the maker starts raining naked hunky men from the heavens, you don't stop to ask questions. You just grab a bowl. Marion supposed that was a fair point. Before they could get down the stairs, though, they heard another familiar voice calling. The Templars looked up at the sound of the voice, caught sight of the party at the top of the stairs, and fled as one. Marion and Isabella glanced at each other, eyebrows raised, before they turned to see the source of the commotion. Standing at the top of the stairs and frantically waving were Hawk, Anders, Varric, and Hawk again. It took a moment for Isabella to sort out the two of them, but the one on the right was just too big too bulky, too scowly, and too intimidating to be real. Isabella and Marion strolled back up the stairs, arm in arm. We've been looking for you all over the city, Hawk said. Really? Isabella smirked and enjoyed the way the original Hawk's expression turned to confusion, then outrage as he took in her appearance. Is that... He spluttered, Meryl, too. Maker Isabella. Well, Meryl's date for the evening checked himself out, so he didn't want to leave her alone, Marion said sweetly. What about you three? Four? Found some entertainment of your own? The warrior snorted and crossed his arms, looking off into the distance. Hawk's face fell the outrage sliding off into a much less amusing expression of remorse. Listen, Isabella, Marion, he said, addressing the rogue with some hesitation. There's something we... I need to tell you. There were some unforeseen complications. Such as... Marion asked him, but he never got the chance to answer. Isabella! Marion! 
a familiar voice piped up over the noise of the crowd, and they looked over to see Merrill hurrying through the market to catch up with them. Isabella's tunic was clutched in one hand, the inky black stain having spread even further up the white fabric. What is it, kitten? Isabella asked as Merrill caught up with them, and she took a moment to catch her breath. Bent over with her hands on her knees. Is the alien a gem fire? Only metaphorically, Merrill said as she straightened up, her green eyes wide. Isabella, those stains on your shirt, the ones you couldn't get out. Oh, maker, Hawk groaned, and Varric shushed him. They aren't really stains at all. That is to say, they aren't real, physical stains. They're manifestations of the corruption of reality itself, caused by the proximity of an occult event which is straining the bounds of space-time itself. It must be the copies. We need to send them back through the mirror they came from, or all of Kirkwall will be swallowed. There was a moment of ringing silence, then Hawk pointed at Merrill. What she said. It was a grim crowd who'd gathered in the spare room at the hanged man before the mirror. They'd battled ooze demons uphill the whole way, and everyone in the crew, copies included, were exhausted. Fenris had shown up before the fighting had completely died down. Apparently, the trail of warped reality had led a wave of ooze demons right to his front doorstep, and once they were dispatched, he'd followed the trail back down to the hanged man, specifically to punch Hawk in the face. Bringing all three copies back into the same room as the mirror had quieted down the malignant black trails for a time, but it wasn't as though they could stay in the same room for the rest of their lives. If nothing else, they'd probably kill each other by sundown. The mage hawk had made the mistake of referring to Anders as an abomination in the warrior hawk's hearing, and the result had been a knife fight that had nearly set the hanged man on fire, again, and left Marion and Isabella cheering from the sidelines while Hawk and Varric struggled to get them apart. Well, Varric cleared his throat and clapped his hands. Let's get this show on the road, shall we? Any requests for wine, beer, food, music? I could get a band in here to play taps. None of that is going to make this any easier, Merrill said softly, turning wide, shining eyes on him. You realize that we're basically asking them to give up their lives for this before they've really begun. Everybody tried to avoid looking at everybody else, and especially tried to avoid looking at any of the copies. But it has to be done, Anders said sadly. We'll be completely overwhelmed by demons eventually. Everyone in Kirkwall is in deadly danger until this is over. Mage Hawk stood up, his jaw set firmly. If this is what will save Kirkwall, then I'll do it, he declared proudly. There is no greater fate than to lay your life at the feet of the Maker, 
There is no better death than to take the blow for another. Wow, that was almost poetic, Hawk said. Are you sure you're me? Hawk glowered at him, then paced towards the mirror, taking a deep breath and squaring his shoulders. Mage, Fenris called out at the last moment, and Hawk stopped. The elf fidgeted against the doorframe he'd been propping up, looking deeply unsettled. I just want you to know that I don't hate you entirely. His face lit up with joy, and hearts and sparkles seemed to manifest in the air around him. Then I regret nothing, he shouted, and threw himself forward into the mirror. There was a flash of light, and then he was gone. The first of the three black trails pooling at the base of the mirror evaporated. After a long moment, Marion Hawk stood up with a sigh. Welp, I guess that's my cue, isn't it? She asked. After all, I can't let Goody Two-Shoes show me up. But... Isabella clung to her hand, looking heartbroken. Marion smiled, kissing her hand before dropping it with another pat. Don't get all soppy on me, Isabella. It's just another grand adventure, isn't it? But... But the boobs! Isabella burst into tears. The finest boobs I've found in Kirkwall! And now they're leaving this world forever. Shh, Isabella, it's okay. Meryl soothed her, petting her hair. You can touch my boobs anytime you want, if it'll help. Isabella groped Meryl with a disconsolate expression and looked only slightly cheered up by it. Now, Marion said in a firm voice, her eyes narrowing as she approached the mirror. Bring me that horizon. Another blaze of light, another shrinking of the blackness. YOLO! The rogue was heard to yell as she vanished from view. Everyone's eyes went to the warrior hawk, sitting alone in the corner. He stood up with a growl and a clatter of plate. All right, I'll do it, he said. But not for Kirkwall, and not for him. I'm doing this for you, Anders. He wheeled around to point towards the mage, who looked taken aback to be singled out. Look, Anders said with a sigh. I'm sorry, but I can't. I feel what I feel, the warrior interrupted. Whether you return my feelings or not doesn't matter. I just want you to know that he's, a jerk of his chin indicated the original hawk, not going to stand by you. He doesn't have the guts to do what has to be done. He'll never care for you like I do. Okay, putting aside the fact that you're a soulless magical simulacrum and any kind of actual relationship between us is impossible, thank you. Anders' lips curled in a strange, sad smile. But you were made from him. 
Whatever potential is in you, it's also in him. He'll turn on you in the end, Hawk warned him, a strange pain in his red eyes. Anders glanced at Hawk, tightening the grip of their hands together, then raised his chin. I have faith in Hawk to do what's right, he said, whether that's standing by me or not. Try having faith in yourself, Hawk said, and turned his back on them to stride into the mirror. The mirror flashed brightly as the last copy entered it, and for a moment the proud warrior's outline was silhouetted in blinding black on white. The last of the oily black corruption crept reluctantly back across the threshold of the mirror, as though being soaked up by a sponge. And as it did, the mirror glowed brighter and brighter until it burst on a shattering note. When the glow died down, the mirror sat placidly in its twisted frame in the corner. The clouded glass cracked from side to side. The last of the subtle glow had vanished, as had the faint, sweet, magical hum. Fenris was the first to speak. Whatever happens, Meryl is absolutely never allowed near that thing. Hey! Meryl's indignant protest was drowned out under a general chorus of agreement. She subsided with a grumble, crossing her arms and sticking out her lower lip in an adorable pout. Isabella laughed and kissed it. The usual banter was subdued, almost daunted. Anders had fallen silent, a pensive expression on his emotive face. Hawk edged closer to pull his hand across his stomach and grip it tight. So, hey, he said quietly. Are you sure you're okay with this? With, uh, I mean, he seemed to really like you. He nodded towards the dim mirror. What? The copy? Anders blinked back to awareness. Oh, Maker, no, I can't begin to tell you how creepy it was talking to him and feeling nothing inside. Like a desired demon had stolen your face. It's not his fault, I suppose. He sighed. But I'm glad he's gone. If you're sure, Hawk said tentatively. I just, I just want to make you happy, even if you aren't happy with me. Anders smiled, his eyes misty, and pulled Hawk in for a kiss. When it ended, he stayed near, his forehead resting against Hawk's and their lips close enough to feel each other's breath. Every mage knows, he said quietly. When something seems too perfect to be true, it usually is. That's how the demons tempt you. But their illusions are empty. There's nothing there. Reality is better. The real thing is better. He smiled and squeezed Hawk's arms appreciatively. Even when it is sometimes incredibly stupid. It took Hawk a moment to work that one out. Hey! So, Vark called out, clapping his hands and rubbing them together. 
Who wants to drink till we go blind and also forget this ever happened? Every hand present shot into the air, except Anders. I do, they yelled. First round's on me, Hawk offered placatingly as he started for the doorway. Oh, no you don't, Hawk. Isabella grabbed him by the collar and hauled him back. You're paying, all right, but no drinks for you. This was all your fault. You can join us when you've learned not to meddle. So, never, Hawk said with a whine. I'm the champion. Meddling is what I do. It's my raison d'etre. That's the fruit, Varric told him helpfully. I meddle for my country, Hawk continued passionately. I'm a four-time winner at the meddling Olympics. I meddle professionally. Honestly, Hawk, you should have just told us, Merrill said with an exasperated sigh. We're happy for you, and Anders. We are, Fenris repeated dubiously. Merrill pinched him. We are. I'm not saying it's not at least a little disappointing to see the prime cut go off the market, Isabella said, her careless tone not quite disguising the wistfulness in her eyes. She shook her head to dispel it. But we're big boys and girls. We can pull up our britches and deal with it. But, Isabella, you don't wear pants. Merrill's brow wrinkled in worry. Or underwear at all. That is so true, Isabella laughed and pulled Merrill against her side. Maybe I'll have to borrow some so I can pull it up. Merrill giggled. The two of them headed for the door. Fenris following. To Anders's surprise, Isabella hooked an elbow around his arm to drag him along. Me? Anders said incredulously. But I don't drink. Exactly why we need you. Someone has to be the designated driver, Isabella said with a wink. Besides, we want details. Anders allowed himself to be dragged off, a faint smile tugging at his lips, despite the apologetic look he cast backwards at Hawk. Later, he mouthed, before he was vanished from sight. Hawk sighed in sadness at the sudden lowered apostate quotient in the room. At least Merrill and Isabella seem to have found each other, he murmured. I'm glad for them, but... Fenris is still alone. Varric rubbed his chin, considering whether it was even worth attempting to dispense sage advice. The lure of his own cleverness won out. Hawk, this may come as a surprise to you, he said. But please consider the possibility that Fenris doesn't need a lover to be a complete person. That maybe, at this point in his life, he's not even ready for one. And that even if he were, that's not something that anyone, even you, can just give him. Like a housewarming toaster or a cat. 
A housewarming what now? Hawk blinked. Never mind, Varric sighed. I get that it's coming from a place of care, but seriously, Hawk, let it go. It's not your place to arrange his love life, and not every problem in the world can be fixed with romance. That is kind of a surprise coming from you, Varric, Hawk returned, considering how many novels you've turned out with that exact premise. Hard in Hightown has what, how many installments by now? Varric shook his head. Fiction and real life aren't always the same, Hawk, he said. He let out a wry chuckle. For one thing, fiction has to be believable. Real life doesn't. Do you realize I'm not going to be able to write about any of this in my books? No one would believe it. It's just so ridiculous. It would throw the reader right out of the story. The end.